from Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason DeCanio! group wonderful ah thank you oh yes <laughs> thank you very much ah you're so kind too kind and we welcome you to another episode of the queen's new yorker it is thursday september 17th 2020 and this is episode number 130, and today we are looking at the newest bridge of the three bridges in the east. We're on the East River, basically, of the five boroughs, uh, mainly close to Manhattan, separating Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. We saw the Brooklyn Bridge, did a four-part series on that. We did the Manhattan Bridge on Tuesday. Today, we are looking at the Williamsburg Bridge. Yes! <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Ooh. Oh boy. Oh yes. So I hope you're going to enjoy this as much as I'm going to enjoy giving you all the great information. As you know, all of our information comes from the Wikipedia. It is the free encyclopedia. There is no plagiarism here, just verbatim. And, you know, just for the sake of everybody out there, before I even go on, I would like to tell you the definition of plagiarism and give you that definition. And here it is. It's uh, okay. Now, plagiarism is the representation of another author's language, thoughts, ideas, or expressions as one's own original work. In educational contexts, there are differing definitions of plagiarism depending on the institution. This is coming from the Wikipedia. Okay. So, all right. That is the definition. And it's a representation of that, basically. And there are differing, okay, prominent scholars of plagiarism include Rebecca Moore Howard, Susan Blum, Tracy Brettag, and Sarah Elaine Eaton, among others. It's considered a violation of academic integrity and a breach of journalistic ethics. It's subject to sanctions such as penalty, suspension, expulsion from school or work, substantial fines, or even incarceration. And recently, cases of extreme Plagiarism have been identified in academia. The modern concept of plagiarism as immoral and originality as an idea emerged in Europe in the 18th century. Okay? So, you know, we are, I'm basically journaling for journalism. Okay? I'm reporting you the information. Okay? So, in other words, I am 
verbatim. That is, whoops. That is the name of the game here. I am giving you verbatim, which basically means word for word. That's what I'm doing, okay? That is the that is the definition of verbatim. It means word for word. So when I read you the history of the Williamsburg Bridge from the Wikipedia, I am verbating the information to you, okay? That is what I'm doing, folks. I am not plagiarizing because I am not taking ownership to this work, okay? So, again, explanation, there it is. Those with brains will know it. Those without brains and who are narcissistic and can't get, you know, left from right, too bad. You lose. Case closed. End of story. I win. Ha, ha, ha. All right. Let's look at the history of this great Williamsburg Bridge. So construction on what was then known as the East River Bridge, the second to span it, began in 1896 after approval by the governor of New York on May 27th, 1895. And the new bridge was to be built north of the Grand Street Ferry, terminating at Delancey and Clinton Streets on the Manhattan side and at South Fifth Street and Driggs Avenue on the Brooklyn side. Lefford L. Buck was the chief engineer. Henry Hornbostel was the architect, and Holton D. Robinson was the assistant engineer. Engineers first constructed Cassions on either side to support the future bridge. The Cassion on the Manhattan side was completed in May of 1897, upon which time the Cassion on the Brooklyn side was launched. The Cassions were manufactured in a shipyard in Williamsburg, and in January of 1898, Mayor Robert Anderson Van Wyck removed the members of the Eastern East River Bridge Commission due to charges of extravagance. A commission of six people appointed by the state was proposed, but the bill was rejected. And as part of the Williamsburg, Williamsburg Bridge's construction, the section of Delancey Street between the bridge's western end and the Bowery was widened. The portion of Spring Street between the Bowery and Lafayette Street was also expanded, and this was the third plan for the bridge's western approaches that was publicly announced. Public opposition had caused the cancellation of previous proposals, which included a wide street extending from the end of the bridge to either Cooper Square or the intersection of Houston Street and 2nd Avenue. So to accommodate the bridge's approaches, 600 houses were demolished in total, including 330 on the Manhattan side and 270 on the Brooklyn side. More than 10,000 people were evicted from these houses during construction. The bridge's supporting wires were ready to be installed by February of 1901. The first temporary wires between the East River Bridge's two towers were strung on April 9th of 1901, and they were to be replaced later with permanent 18 three-quarter inch thick main cables made up of 7,696 smaller cables twisted together. The pair were fully strung by April 16th, and work on the bridge's pedestrian deck begun soon afterward. The pedestrian path on the East River Bridge was completed in June of 1901, and afterward construction progressed at a faster pace owing to the ease of manufacturing the steel. Ornamental, or lights, were also placed on the bridge. The East River Bridge was renamed the Williamsburg Bridge after its Brooklyn terminus in 1902. There were several deaths during construction, including a worker who fell from the Manhattan Approach in May of 1900, the main steel work engineer who fell from the Brooklyn approach 
in September of 1900 and a foreman who drowned in March of 1902. Additionally, a fire occurred on the Brooklyn Sides Tower in November of 1902, which nearly severed the bridge's cables. The bridge opened on December 19, 1903, at a cost of $24.2 million. And at that time, it was the longest suspension bridge span in the world and remained so until the opening of the Bear Mountain Bridge in 1924. Now, originally, the Williamsburg Bridge was used mainly by trolley lines and railways. And in January of 1932, it was agreed to convert a pair of abandoned trolley tracks on the south side of the bridge that had been deemed unsafe to an 18-foot-wide roadway. Three more concrete roadways were added in 1941 as part of a Works Progress Administration project. Decades of deferred maintenance caused the Williamsburg Bridge to deteriorate significantly. This was worsened by a design flaw during construction. Instead of galvanizing the main cables to prevent their corrosion, workers placed a mixture of slushing oil as a cost-saving measure. And by 1912, some of the smaller cables in the bridge's anchorages had already snapped. In 1922, galvanized sheath was placed around each of the main cables. However, damage still occurred. And in 1934, water in the main cables caused the wires to rust. In 1944 and again in 1963, workers poured oil treatments onto the cables in attempts to prevent the corrosion. Workers later added several support towers on either side of the main span to supplement the suspension towers. In 1969, inspectors found varying degrees of corrosion under the bridge's outer roadways. A 1978 study of the Williamsburg Bridge, as well as of five other bridges in New York City, found that they were, were varying degrees of corrosion on the main cable's individual strands. Cracks were also found in the bridge structure itself. And out of the six bridges examined in 1978, the Williamsburg Bridge was the only crossing that was found to have corroded suspension cables. Now, a subsequent study concluded that the bridge needed either new cables or a replacement. It was decided to replace the cables because that cost less than a wholesale replacement. However, engineers also considered the option of replacing the bridge if the cable replacement project became too expensive. The cable replacement was also complex since the process had to occur while the bridge was still in operation. The bridge continued to, to decay. In May of 1987, two support, support bars fell from the outer roadway, and by January of 1988, it was determined that the four main suspension cables were only two-thirds as strong as they were supposed to be. Without any maintenance, the main cables would only be able to hold up the span until 1995. So the New York State Department of Transportation applied for funding to rebuild the bridge, which was projected to cost $250 million and take 10 years. Every third rope in the suspension had already been replaced in 1985. However, more than 200 cables in the suspension had snapped and pieces of concrete were falling from the bridge. The bridge's structural integrity was rated as 1.6 out of a scale of 1 to 7. Wow. Inspectors were appointed to monitor the bridge's status and make temporary bridge closures based on the amount of stress placed on the bridge. The bridge was closed to motor vehicle traffic and subway trains on April 10, 1988, after a painter noticed a large hole in a girder. Upon further review, inspectors also discovered severe corrosion in a floor beam. 
An inspection in May of 1988 found 290 flag conditions where the steelwork of the bridge could malfunction, potentially causing the bridge to collapse. And most of these flags were limited to the approaches, but one flag condition was found in the elevated subway structure within the suspension span. The Williamsburg Bridge was partially reopened at the end of May in time for the Memorial Day holiday. And Mayor Ed Koch decided that it would cost less to rebuild the bridge than to replace it. So to alleviate the loads on the bridge, it was reopened in three phases. First to cars, then to subways, and finally to trucks. The bridge was rebuilt through much of the 90s and 2000s. The cast iron stairway on the Manhattan side and the steep ramp from Driggs Avenue on the Williamsburg side were replaced to allow handicapped access per the Americans with Disabilities Act of 1990. A decrepit walkway on the Williamsburg Bridge was closed in June of 91, and it reopened as a bike path in March of 92. Since the new bike path opened, the bridge has become the most heavily bicycled span in North America. Cable replacement started in April of 1992, the subway tracks along the bridge were closed in April of 99 to allow the reconstruction of the subway structure. And the tracks reopened in September of that year. And also in 99, Gandhi Engineering designed and rebuilt the other pedestrian pathway along the Williamsburg Bridge. The rebuilt walkways carried both pedestrian and bike traffic because the pathways were only 12 feet wide and were too narrow to carry segregated traffic. The final two Vehicle, uh, vehicular lanes on the renovated span were opened or reopened in 2002. So a celebration was held on June 22, 2003 to mark the bridge's 100th anniversary. The area surrounding Continental Army Plaza was filled with musical performers, history exhibits, and street vendors. Dignitaries marched across the bridge carrying the 45-star American flag used in a game of Capture the Flag, played by workers after the placement of the final cable in June of 1902. A truck-sized birthday cake was specially made for the event by Domino Sugar, which had a factory on the East River waterfront near the bridge. The ornamental lights on the bridge were relighted in November of that year after being turned off for eight months due to a lack of funds. The bridge was designated as a National Historic Civil Engineering Landmark by the American Society of Civil Engineers in 2009. 2016, a local resident launched a campaign to rename the bridge for jazz musician Sonny Rollins, who practiced on the bridge almost every day from 1959 to 61 while he was living on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. His 1962 album, The Bridge, produced on his return from his three-year sabbatical and was named in his honor. 2017, it was announced that between April of 2019 and June of this year, during the 14th Street Tunnel shutdown, Traffic restrictions would be implemented on the Williamsburg Bridge during the daytime. The restrictions would take place seven days a week between 5 a.m. and 10 p.m. The bridge would be restricted to buses, trucks, and vehicles with more than three passengers during these times. The peak hour high occupancy vehicle restriction would allow the Williamsburg Bridge to accommodate three select bus service bus rapid transit routes between Brooklyn and Manhattan. And it was projected that during the shutdown, 70 buses in each direction would travel across the Williamsburg Bridge every hour. This was later revised upward to 80 buses per hour. And however, in January of last year, it was announced that the 14th Street Tunnel would not completely shut down. And as a result, 
New York City Transit Authority head Andy Byford stated that the Williamsburg Bridges HOV lanes were no longer needed. And there you have it, folks. The Williamsburg Bridge in all of its glory. Yes. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. I do say that is some a great piece of interesting verbatim history for you folks. I hope you learned a lot of the Williamsburg Bridge because next time on the program on Saturday we go to episode 131 where we're going to look at the next bridge on the East River, the ever-popular Queensboro Bridge. And it's a popular one because if you ever watched Archie Bunker's Place, you will see that historic landmark in the opening and closing credits of that show. So we hope that you will take a look at that uh, footage and join us on Saturday for another great edition of the Queens New Yorker right here on YouTube and Anchor. And don't forget to follow us on Anchor, folks, because that's where all of the back archived episodes from seasons one through five will take you and you'll be able to catch up with the information from episode one all the way up to episode 89 so far. The rest of the episodes from the remaining season five will be re-uploaded and put up there. So patience is a virtue. We'll get to that over some several days. So stay with it, okay? Folks, have yourself a great day. I'm Jason DeCania. Remember, be honest, be real. Keep it simple, stupid. Kiss. And also, too, you know the difference between plagiarism and verbatim. Plagiarism, we don't tolerate it. But we do tolerate verbatim, word for word. We give it to you right here. And fakeness does not make greatness. Have yourself a great day, folks. We will see you on Saturday. Bye for now. You have been watching The Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio Internet presentation. Thank you for your support.
Thank you.